Grace, mercy, and peace unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, as I mentioned before already, we are recognizing the, Reforma the Lutheran Reformation uh, that began with Martin Luther, who was an Augustinian friar, an Augustinian monk, and doctor of theology at the Wittenberg University in Germany. And October 31st marks the anniversary of the nailing of his 95 theses to the Wittenberg Church. So many through various media, movies, and other platforms depict this nailing of the 95 Theses in a very dramatic fashion, when in reality something like this was honestly fairly commonplace. Most people would not have considered it dramatic at all. It was that common. Because the church, the church, the church door was essentially a bulletin board uh, back in those days. And these theses that Luther mentions, that he lays out, are centered around the selling of indulgences by the Roman Catholic Church, a practice which still remains today. Indulgences were a way for people to buy with their own money forgiveness of sins and purchase time off of purgatory, which was taught by the Roman Catholic Church as a place where souls stayed until they paid off their debt for their sins. And Luther, in particular, had a problem with the selling of these indulgences. Because it was from the selling of these indulgences that the Pope planned to fund the, the building of St. Peter's Basilica on the Germans' back. And so, on the basis of Scripture, Luther began to argue that indulgences could not remove the guilt of sin and that the Pope had no authority to remove the guilt of sin through such a practice. Luther saw the Pope and the Roman Church as deviating away from Scripture of which they were ordained by God to uphold. And such is the basis for our Gospel reading today. Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The word of God sets people free. And Jesus came preaching the word of God in its full truth and purity. Jesus' words, that is, his teaching, is recorded for us in Scripture and has been passed down from generation to generation so that here today, here even today, we may be free from the abuses of God's word which leaves us dead in our sins. Scripture tells us the truth of who we are and what God has done for us in Christ. In receiving this gospel, we are truly set free from sin, death, and hell. But nonetheless, the word of God can be abused, causing people to still remain enslaved to sin. When we consider this historic day, we reflect on how the Word of God was abused and not listened to. And such is the case not only at the time of the Reformation, but often throughout history, including when Jesus was preaching in our text and in our world today. Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the Jews answered him, saying this, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. 
How is it that you say you will become free? The Jews were often thinking in terms of slavery as they were in Egypt. And they were many generations removed from their time of slavery in Egypt. They were never enslaved to anyone. Yet with us, they with us today are still slaves. We're slaves to sin. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Our sin runs deep, and it corrupts every part of our lives. It causes us to be selfish, self-centered, and even prideful. And our sin can take that which is good and twist it into something that is evil, because we ourselves are evil. It's for this reason why, we're, why we so often abuse Scripture. And we abuse Scripture in several different ways. The first way we abuse Scripture is when we take our reason and have our reason dictate what the Word of God says. Oftentimes our human reason, well, even our human reason, is fallen to sin. It is corrupted. We often reason out God's Word in ways that justify ourselves so that we are not accused of committing some heinous sins that God himself teaches through his word. We use our reason to soften what scripture says, so that we do not stand guilty before others as grievous sinners that we are. The scriptures accuse us as sinners and call us to repentance. God's word calls us to turn from our wicked ways and to seek his mercy. And praise be to God every time when a sinner repents and falls on Christ's grace. But there are times that even in our piety, even when we have the best intentions, that we abuse scriptures to draw attention to ourselves instead of turning the attention to Christ and his work. We may quote scripture outside of its context and make it all about us so that we feel better about what we are doing, about what we do, rather than showing how the scriptures are really all about Jesus and his work. When we abuse scripture in this way, we make our Christian life not about repentant faith, a faith that clings to the mercy of Christ, but we make our faith about our works and our deeds. We turn Scripture into a self-help or a self-care book, rather than turning our eyes to the one who is our helper, the one who truly cares for our body and soul. And I tell you this not to... Uh, I tell you this to, to warn you about how scripture can be abused. I do not mean to frighten anyone from reading or interpreting the scriptures yourselves. It's a blessing even today to have the scriptures in our own language, where we can read, hear, learn, mark, and take them to heart as we live as people who have been set free by the Son of God. 
but sometimes either in our laziness or our fearfulness, we refuse to read the scriptures altogether and instead submit, submit it and ourselves to some other sort of human authority for interpretation. And this was one of the abuses that was present at, in Luther's time. The only one the church said could interpret the scriptures and who, t- and who could really ch- teach it was the Pope. And Luther had a problem with that because popes and church councils contradicted themselves time and again and oftentimes taught contradictory to what scripture said. Luther believed Christ at his word when Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When we read the scriptures ourselves, we are receiving the word of Christ as his disciples. And the word of Christ will do exactly what Christ says it will do. It will set us free from our sin by pointing us to how Christ died on the cross for our salvation. And I will admit that there are times as we read Scripture that it may be difficult to see how all the Scriptures are truly about Jesus. But in such times, He has given us pastors who teach God's Word and can assist us in understanding it. And in the same way, He has given us other Christians who we can study the Scriptures with together who may have an insight as to how Christ is centered in any part of, scripture, part of Scripture that we ourselves may not see. And this is why Bible studies with other Christians are a blessing to us, because each of us has been given the Holy Spirit through our baptism, who opens the Scriptures to us so that we may be strengthened in faith, struggle to resist temptation, and be set free from sin. Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We will struggle daily in our sin as sinner saints. But Jesus has given us his word so that we may be set free. He sets us free by preaching to us both law and gospel. The law that shows us our sin, that shows us how we have erred. It is the law that Luther, that Luther used in Scripture in order to call the whole church to repentance. His 95 Theses merely began the work of calling the church to consider the truth of what our Lord taught. But it was not only the law that Luther taught. He taught just as Jesus did, by not just preaching the law, but at the end of the day, preaching the gospel. Living under the law is not true freedom because the law coerces us to live by it unwillingly. It is only in the freedom of the gospel, in the forgiveness of sins, where we are truly set free because Christ has paid the price for our sin. His death on the cross was the punishment for all sin, so that we as sinners may be free. And we are free indeed. 
We're free to live without guilt. We're free to live without the concern of eternal punishment. We are free to abide in Christ's word without fear of measuring up to it. Because through faith, we can read his word the way it is intended to be read. And that is cross-eyed. Being cross-eyed does not limit us to reading the scriptures only in accordance to the law. But it is now the way that we see our life, our neighbor, and our whole world. Because we live in the mercy and love of our Lord, who does not judge us according to our deeds, but judge us for the sake of his Son, through faith in Jesus Christ. The way of sin and evil does not remain forever, but it is the Son who has set wicked sinners free who remains forever. And it is his cross that proclaims the truth, which is the only truth that matters. And it is the truth of this gospel that we celebrate and remember on this Reformation Day as we observe it. And it is the only reason why we even celebrate the Reformation. If it were not for the gospel, for the forgiveness of sins through faith in Christ alone, we would remain in our trespasses and slaves to sin and turn to our own works and our own deeds. But because of the truth of the gospel being recovered during this Reformation, we look forward to a dwelling in a house where the sun remains forever and the slaves are set free. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. And the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen.